Let's get funky, ladies and gents. Welcome to the Football Ramble. Danny Ings has gone to Villa and Louis Van Gaal is back. It's Thursday, 5th of August. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Andy Brassel. And I'm Pete Donaldson. Welcome, one and all, to your Thursday ramble. How are you, Pete Donaldson? I'm good. I feel bad that everyone else's backgrounds on Zoom or whatever unlovable bit of software we're using is yours is beautiful. So is Andy, mm. and, and I'm in what can only be described as a little kill room that I've made myself. I sort of did a bit of <laughs> DIY a little while ago, put some stud walling in, and I'm still waiting for my fabrics.co.uk to deliver some upholstery. So that's why my background looks so terrible. So if you see this on Twitter. Um, I'll yeah. apologise now. <laughs> it doesn't show, yeah. actually, PC. I yeah. mean, the thing is, because of the editing process and the head and shoulders business, mm. you never know the full picture. I mean, we're actually moving house and I'm standing in Lego. <laughs> <laughs> Have you made yourself a little uh, Lego brace for your legs just to protect yeah, like yourself you... for the moving process? If if I don't laugh at any of your jokes at any point, it's because if I laugh too vigorously, I might crush the Millennium Falcon. Oh, <laughs> right. Andy, that's exciting and also upsetting. There is nothing more upsetting, especially with, a, I presume you live in quite a large house with, um, you know, big enough for a family. <laughs> it's quite stressful to, to move house at, at the best of times, even with just one person moving. Well, you guys you guys are helping next week, obviously. <laughs> yes, mm. okay, yeah, I'm, I'll be covered free He lives in London. He can't be living in a large house for crying out loud. <laughs> Andy Brassel has been at the top of the journalism game for about 15 years, Marcus Bella. You know that, I know that. He is minted. They always say journalists, they make so much money. That's what yeah. they always say. Yeah, them and school teachers are hoovering up all the cash. Um, Andy, how much do you make? Uh, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> are you rich? Yeah, I'm rich. <laughs> Is direct he Jack your... Grealish rich? Oh. That's right. Direct your question to a little man going up the M6. Yeah. You're not going to Manchester as well, are you? Imagine Man City is signed Andy to be their uh, to be their in-house journalist. All we want is is PR, good PR and uh, and propaganda. Um well, gentlemen, uh things ramped up yesterday. Uh, Manchester Ooh. City with their pursuit of Jackie Grealish. They're, they're closing in on his signature with with one or two um, big media outlets saying it's done. It's absolutely done. Mm. Uh, so uh, probably by the time uh, we finish recording this podcast, it will be done. But, uh, but that's what's being recorded at this moment in time. It could be concluded in time for him to play in the Community Shield uh, against Leicester City on Saturday, which, of course, would be uh, a lovely old job for, for Jackie Grealish to be back at Wembley, Peter, because we enjoyed <laughs> his performances at the Euros there. <laughs> it's, I don't think you should be allowed to play in the Community Shield if you weren't part of the squad <laughs> played last who won season. It? Who, who got you in that final? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's that, that's not fair for me. <laughs> Do you think he, what, he, you could be cup-tied for the Community Shield? Is that what it is? <laughs> I think you should be. Look, if we're going to treat this as a big cup, like uh, Jose Mourinho did and does, <laughs> I think we should treat it with the respect it, it clearly doesn't deserve. So, no, yeah, no players yeah. who didn't play last season, thank you. I love it. We're never going to let Mourinho get away with that, are we? No, no, no. <laughs> when he referred never. to that as one-third of a treble. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it looks like it's going to be done, Andy. Um, and uh, some Aston Villa fans are not happy about that, as you'd expect. Uh, 
Yeah, I guess. But I think really when you grow out of being an adolescent, you mm-hmm. realise that um, people look after their uh, friends and families and um, move to better jobs for more money because that's important. Yeah, <laughs> and and they they, okay. they they want to be fulfilled. Another as, come as, and as get well. me on yeah, this podcast. I was going to say another one. <laughs> Unbelievable! With all your moon money you've got, you still want more. Look, what is this, see, Andy? You should see the quotes I'm getting from removers. It's no yeah. joke. <laughs> Andy's Just got sell back a Falcon up the truck. Yeah. <laughs> Andy's got so much money. He refers to it as Lego now. Apparently, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. So Andy, the message is: go out and grab all the cash you can, and Aston Villa fans. <laughs> need to grow up okay we've got that loud and clear <laughs> no, no, it, it hurts it hurts of course it hurts because he's someone who's been with the club since he's a kid yeah. um because he was the captain because um he re-signed last year and i guess because it feels like they're really taking off i mean mm. the signings that they've been making certainly before danny ings which we'll come to in a minute i guess it felt like they were ones that at least publicly could say, we are still trying to keep Grealish. Because uh, Leon Bailey, Buendia, they can fit around Grealish. You know, mm-hmm. there's no necessary replacement there, is is there? But, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's super difficult because at some point... Um, He's, he's he's not going to stay there forever if he if he if he wants to reach the very top. And I think you have to ask yourself if he'd have left for Tottenham three or four years ago, it would have been for loads less money. Yeah, they'd probably still be in the Championship. Yeah, he has given a lot. Just because you love a club doesn't mean you can never leave. Mm. Yeah, no, I I know what you're saying. I think that I I actually I do agree with you, what you're saying when when some fans are kind of kicking off. Grealish. It is inevitable, of course, as you say, because they've got a love for the player. But uh, it's 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 huge money he's going to go for. And to be honest with you, even if Grealish was quite happy to stay, I don't know what his um, uh, uh, personal feelings are. Clearly, you know, he's he's open to a move. But even if Grealish said, actually, I'd prefer to stay, I honestly think the club would go, yeah, it's a lot of money, though, isn't it, Jack? Come on, son, do the right thing, you know. <laughs> so, so actually, I don't think it is that he's sort of sort of squirming out the door for sort of 30 million or something like that. I, I think that it is, it would be, it would be a good deal no. all around. And, and clearly uh, they've already started spending the old Grealish dosh uh, with, with Danny Ings coming in. This surprised quite a few people, Peter. What, what were you doing when the news broke that Danny Ings has signed for Villa? Because <laughs> <laughs> everyone else seemed to be caught off guard. Yeah, well, it was like a proper '90s transfer, wasn't it? Like it was. not a peep about it in any other window. This would have like rocked everything to its foundation. Someone phoned the had, club like, line. Quite quiet windows recently. Yeah, <laughs> like you'd rang up transfer the transfer Newcastle United transfer line. Why uh, then? Forty forty nine p a minute, and just yeah. got. We'll be telling you who we're going to be signing next. Forty nine p. You're showing your 40... age. Andy, <laughs> <laughs> that's still expensive. So expensive. It's still expensive now. <laughs> Uh, we're not like you, Andy. We're not like you. But it was really exciting. It was just like, what? That is just, I mean, you know, one of the stars of, of England just sort of making the move quite late in the transfer. I mean, it, it's 
all of these moves are not ideal for any of the clubs where the player is leaving, obviously, because yeah. it's very late and it, it, it's very, you know, it's right uh, towards the start of the season. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how how uh, Southampton rally. Yeah, I, I have to say, I, I wasn't hugely surprised. I was surprised that we didn't hear much and then, and then he went because mm. he had made the odd little murmur about perhaps moving on because he's, he scored 41 goals in 94 Premier League games for Southampton. He's a good player. Clearly, Ings, he's got, uh, even though, what is he, 29 now, I think? He's, 29, yeah. Yeah, he's got aspirations of of, of playing more for England. Um, and Southampton, there's often talk about how they'll get on in the season in terms of will they be in a relegation scrap, will they not? Southampton fans may not appreciate that, but 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 often that's the case. And, I, I you know, Ings, he did come from Liverpool, we have to remember. Uh, he's a very good forward, mm. a very good player. So, it, I... It didn't, doesn't, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's not hugely surprising that, that he went there. But apparently, he, you know, he had one year left on his contract. He turned down an extension which would have made him the best player, a best paid player in the club's history on about 100 grand a week. So Southampton were really trying to keep him. But as old Ralphie said, it was clear that we had a player that did not want to play for us anymore. So get him out the door, and they did. I like the fact that you said uh, that uh, he he could have been the like the best player if he'd stayed. Uh, like the idea that if you put pump more money into a player, yeah, he becomes really good, like good fuel. <laughs> like when you're at the pump and you have that ninety-seven octane stuff, and you're like, whoa! If I, if I put a bit more money into Danny Ings, yeah. he might be the best player I've ever played for Southampton. It, it, I it love does, a bit of that. It does work as an incentive for some people. Yeah, um, a lot of players do 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 work like that. To be fair, yeah. Well, so does Andy, Andy Brassel. Yeah. <laughs> Feed him Lego. Yeah. What do, what do you reckon about this transfer, Andy? I mean, Ollie Watkins had a, a, a very good season last year. Ings will be operating in a similar area of the field. Uh, what, what are they going to go? Four four two. I feel like they could work pretty well together. Yeah, I yeah. think um, he feels like he fits into what Villa want to do because he's mobile, super hardworking, intelligent, great finisher. I mean, I think when you consider what happened to him at Liverpool in terms of injuries. The place that he's got himself to is quite extraordinary. I think you have to give him so much credit that he's established himself as um, a top-ranked Premier League goalscorer. And getting 12 goals in that Southampton team last season is is not to be sniffed at. I mean, clearly some people, and I guess some Southampton fans will probably look at it as a sideways move, but you just look at the way that Villa are attacking things in the last couple of seasons. There's, there's genuine ambition um, Grealish or not, last couple of summers, sorry. Um, there's genuine ambition, w- whatever happens with, with Grealish. And I, th- I think that's it. It's, it's either the choice for him of being at a club like Villa that you feel are going places and you can play all the time, or it's maybe being you know, a, a backup to a Harry Kane or or, or or something like that. I know he's mentioned as a Harry Kane replacement at some point, but you have to assume that, that Spurs would go for someone or younger and with that kind of resale, knowing the, the, the way that Tottenham approach things. And I think from a Southampton perspective, when it became clear that he wasn't going to ink the new thing, this is a pretty good deal for someone who's got a, a year left on, on, on their contract. So... I feel like I'm saying this quite a lot this summer, but I do feel it's a decent deal all round. It gives Villa what they mm. that they need right at this moment, and it it gives Southampton the the best possible salvage out of the situation. 
Yeah, I quite like your turn of phrase there, Andy. He's not going to ink the new thing. Yeah, ink the new thing. Yeah, that does sound <laughs> He's got like no space yeah. left on his arms. Have you seen them? Uh, yeah, well, that is true, actually, yeah. Well, I, I think I, it's, a, it's a good signing for Villa. And I think that's a... It's, again, Southampton... I'm, I'm very much uh, flying the Luke Moore flag today, but I think with, with Ings going to Villa at the age of 29, with the quality he's got, I think that is the sort of... For a player of his size, the sort of the, the the big move that the one sort of last big move you would expect that he would have had in his career, if you see what I mean, uh, to go that sort mm. of slightly level higher. But um, again, sorry, Southampton. Uh, Luke Moore made me say those things. Uh, moving on swiftly, gentlemen, if if, if we can. <laughs> uh, Chelsea and Spurs played out a two-two draw uh, yesterday with the Chelsea fans singing "Where the is Harry Kane," which is quite enjoyable. I think we can all agree. <laughs> uh, Nuno Espirito Santo said, "I really expect to speak with Harry. I haven't had the chance yet. We know, Nuno. We know." <laughs> um, another twist in this saga yesterday was that Son Heung-min liked a Spurs fan's Instagram post that read, "A player is never bigger than the club." Ooh, what do we think of that? What do we read into I that, Peter? How... It made a headline. <laughs> I love how I know I love how like players speak through kind of likes these days. It's like the ultimate kind of internet version of like talking behind your hand. But yeah. it was I, what I liked about the, the match yesterday, uh, which I saw a bit of, was just like I mean, according to the Spurs YouTube, the mm. title of that video was "It was a super comeback," but on the Chelsea side of the YouTube uh, coin. They were pegged back. So yeah. I don't know who to believe. I don't know who was in the ascendancy, to be quite frank. But uh-huh. there's something lovely about, um, you know, Harry Kane about to leave Spurs. Spurs having a, a rough old time with things. And uh, and then Chelsea just waving around the European <laughs> Cup in front of their face <laughs> <laughs> before yeah. the match. It was brilliant. Great drill goal from Ziyech. And uh, Conte has just not lost a yard at all. He's come back and he looks absolutely Thrilling! Yeah, yeah, I blame yeah. love and concert, but it was uh, yeah, it was it was, a, it was quite an interesting match. But yeah, I, I love the flex of being able to wave a, yeah. one of the the, the greatest cups around before the, before a friendly. Yeah, don't you, don't you think it would have been a better flex if after Ziyech scored that goal, N'Golo Kante ran to the bench with all his industry, brought across the European Cup trophy and gave it to uh, ZH to like lift in front of the, <laughs> the, the beaten Spurs goalkeeper. That would have been good. Or got in, you know how he likes little cars? He could get in the little ball car from the Euros and <laughs> drive it around. He could do. That would have been fun. I had uh, Timo Werner had a goal to allow for offside. He'll do that. He'll yeah. do that, Marcus. Yeah, yeah. You really don't really need well. to have watched the game to know that, do you? <laughs> that's, what, that's what we like to hear. Uh, so Harry Kane, he's, um, it, it looks like that he is going to miss the, the Premier League opener, uh, even if he suddenly decided that he wanted to to rush back and, and he was sorry for his actions because he's got to quarantine when he gets back because he's been on holiday in Florida. Apparently he's still there. And I, I, gentlemen, I, I'm sorry to kind of put two and two together here, but you know who else is in Florida? <laughs> Stop this! Fizzers in there, and uh, <laughs> and I just wonder. I don't, I, look, I just don't think he'd be interested in a Spurs move, to be honest, Marcus. I, I just don't think he'd be. I just <laughs> wonder it. if the real negotiation is happening over in Miami currently. Um, the real negotiation, Marcus, is happening in a room where a man has, in my opinion, uh, poorly, uh, in my view, uh, bought a uh, Steve McQueen motorbike. Yep. Talking about Harry Kane's <laughs> brother. <laughs> <laughs> they, I mean, we touched on uh, Luke 
like about three or four times during yesterday's show was trying to bring it up and Kate was having none of it absolutely flat batting oh, it away which I was very much enjoying yeah um, but well, it's open season here of, far away <laughs> the, best, the best thing about uh, Harry Kane's brother's office is that they've got the Steve McQueen motorbike and, mm. but then they've got these kind of weird carpet bits of carpet that make it look like um it's like kind of like like tire tracks leading up to the motorbike Mm. um who makes those yeah who's decided that that looks good Uh that's the real crime for me to be quite frank that's why he should be struck off as an agent and is there a discount currently (laughs) and is he is he standing in lego out of shot. Oh, Andy. Or, uh, if... Does that does that only happen after the Manchester City move? Andy, if they move to Manchester <laughs> City, they will be they will be up to their armpits in Lego. But with uh, regards to the Steve McQueen motorbike, is that like is that what's his brother's name? Obviously, it's Mr. Kane. Barry. I don't know. All oh, right, fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. So whatever it is, uh, Colin Kane or whatever he's called, um, mm. is that the is that the plan? If uh, Charlie Kane, sorry, I think his name is, is that the plan then? If they can't, if they, if they can't strong arm Levy, does he get on the back of the Steve McQueen motorbike with Harry and they do the Great Escape? <laughs> is that is that the plan B? Is it? Don't worry, pal. I guess so. Yeah, we're going up the to Manchester. Band playing. <laughs> He's going to be locked up at Spurs Lodge yeah. in, 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 the, in the youth team's change, changing rooms with a baseball. Bit. Absolutely incredible. By the way. Yeah. Um, into Miami drew one all with Orlando last night. Big match in Florida. Points on the board. Kieran Gibbs there's with you, the goal. Final. There you are, you see. Um, anyway, Kieran Gibbs with the goal. Yes, Andy. It's wow. all happening there, and you seem wow. to dismiss it like it's a piece of Duplo rather than Lego. Um, I'm celebrating it, Marcus. <laughs> oh, well, now you are. Uh, anyway, enough of that bollocks. Um, <laughs> after the Chelsea Spurs game, reports emerged that Romelu Lukaku uh, apparently wants to leave Inter if Chelsea make a suitable offer. Uh, Lukaku reportedly told Inter to accept a bid from Chelsea. (laughs) That's the way you do it. That's the way you do it, Harry. Uh, When the bid comes in, you will accept. It's funny, actually, this, Andy, because we were talking about this I know it's been, you know, there's 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 been a few chats on the ramble about this because it's a it's a big story. But a couple of days ago, when when I was mm. talking about it, it sounded like Lukaku was saying, "No, I'm very happy where I am." Um, there was talk that you know I've he's rejuvenated his career at Inter, so why would he want to leave? And it's funny in the in the life of a footballer, few a couple of days on from that, it's kind of like, yeah, no, well up for a move, give me the Lego. <laughs> what, what what changes there is Lukaku's realization that Inter want to sell. As much as possible. That's uh, that's what what's changed. I I, I think because um, when you know that they're entertaining the prospect of Lautaro Martinez to to mm. Arsenal, then you're thinking, yeah, hang on. I, I like the new coach, and I think Simone and Zaghi will do well for them. I think as time goes by, you look at Simone and Zaghi, and particularly the first bit of his spell at Lazio, and think, has he been brought in? to recreate a competitive team with not a huge amount of resources. Is, is that the reason why he's here to replace Antonio Conte? So um, Lukaku's, uh, he's loved it at Inter. Uh, I think he's really found himself. Mm-hmm. Um, he's found success as well. But after you've won Serie A, you don't want to go back to scrapping for a Champions League place, do you? So yeah. I, I think it's, it's not so much about the... The money is about is it's about the project, really. 
I see, I see. Um, well, speaking of Inter, have you seen that Christian Eriksen uh, is back at Inter's training ground yes. uh, for the first time, uh, of course, since um, that awful uh, event in the Euros? I, I mean, Lovely it's amazing scenes. to see this. And then, I mean, the, presumably, you know, there's there's a bit of talk. Can he make a bit of a can he make a comeback? Is is that possible? I, I do find that quite incredible really it's it's one of the situations marcus where where you know i'm no cardiologist and mm. god knows i've i've had a crack You've at being tried, one yeah, they yeah. won't let me in the hospital <laughs> no. um but they like you know this these sort of um uh, situations either happen or, or they don't happen and mm. it doesn't necessarily need need to be about the the stress that any heart is under at mm. any one time so he's got the heart restarting thing in his in his uh, in, in his chest now and 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 they're sort of saying that well, look, it wouldn't be the weirdest thing to to regain some kind of uh, strength in that area and, and and play again. Maybe not at the level that he's playing now. Well, but, uh, I, it's, I, it would be amazing it, to it, see. Amazing, it would be utterly remarkable if he managed that. I know in Italy they've got quite strong rules, and I think they do in this country as well, and perhaps uh, others. But I know in Italy there is a ban on players if there's any abnormalities in the heart and so on. That that that, mm. that is, uh, uh, you know, that's the rule over there. So. I, it would be quite something if he could come back, but I think that's probably still. Well, a yeah, the ways close off. inspection, the, the the close inspection of um, those issues and um, the the level of cardiac screening. I mean, Carnu says it saved his life mm. basically when when uh, when he was at Inter and and the twist of fate that he he went to Inter just changed everything for it. Yeah. Well, we shall see, gentlemen. All right, everybody, let's have a quick break. I'm quite a placid guy. Welcome back to the Football Ramble. It's now time for emails. Yes, we've got one here from Gavin McHugh. It says, with Manchester United pursuing Trippier and City pursuing Grealish, it's a lot of pursuit. There must be some other <laughs> word for this. With um, The thing is, in journalism, Gavin, what you've got to do is uh, change the second <laughs> verb. Um, I would say... And the City... Lego comes rolling in. <laughs> <laughs> I would have said City taking the M6 toll road. Yeah. For Grealish and Kane. Yeah. Um, we face the possibility of an England starting squad consisting entirely of Manchester-based players. Mm. Mm. An example, Henderson, Shaw, Maguire, Stones, Trippier, Sancho, Grealish, Foden... Rashford, Kane, Sterling. Hmm. That's a terribly that's... unbalanced midfield. <laughs> and also, if you, think midfield. Pickford, if you think Pickford's not midfield. the number one, then you've got rocks in your head, Gavin. Okay, well, let Gavin continue, please. It says, okay. uh, I suppose what I'm getting at is, should all of England get behind the Manchester clubs for gathering the England squad <laughs> to one city where they can continue to build their team spirit with it all culminating in a Manchester derby where both squads 
walk out hand in hand to three lines and a portrait of Southgate while Roy Keane presumably explodes with rage on the sidelines. <laughs> I like that. I mean, if we could get to a point where it's cool in England for players to swap shirts at half time, I mean, I cannot tell you how much I enjoy how that pushes certain people's buttons over here. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fun. The uh, Marcus, uh, anybody emailing in in the future, just remember that uh, when it comes to England, you cannot be playful in front of Marcus. <laughs> Su- no. Serious suggestions no, no, only. No, no. Absolutely, he gets very. Well, I just think it's disrespectful to Declan Rice and, and Calvin Phillips, <laughs> considering the poor performances they put in the Euros. He should be, Gavin should be ashamed of himself, quite frankly. <laughs> uh, we got an email from uh, Chris Brady after hearing yesterday about a dad's dilemma. A dad's dilemma of buying his son a football shirt. I thought I would share my tale. Euro 96 was my first memory of a major football tournament. As with any enthused six-year-old, I wanted to address the same as my newfound sporting heroes during the games and ask my parents to buy me an England football shirt. My parents told me no and that it was too expensive. On a family trip to Yorkshire, my eagle-eyed dad spotted a knockoff England shirt at the Huddersfield Market. He negotiated what he thought was a fair price to pay for the shirt, despite the replica shirt only sporting two out of the three <laughs> iconic lines on the back. <laughs> Why do they do that? You're already in breach of copyright. Just do it properly. I don't do it at all. It doesn't matter nothing. Uh, when he gave it to me, uh, I was absolutely thrilled. In my naivete, I uh, didn't think it would matter that the logo wasn't quite the same. However, I did note the absence of a player name and number on the back and insisted that we somehow how inscribed the name and number of my favourite England star, uh, David Platt. My dad bought a special box, uh, sorry, a box of special T-shirt pens. Oh, here we go. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And with a cardboard stencil adorned the back of the shirt with my name and a large number seven. I was made up and couldn't wait to show off my brand new England shirt at football practice. Needless to say, Neither my parents or I anticipated the predictable cruelty of a group of six-year-old schoolboys who proceeded to rip the piss out of me and my monstrosity of an England shirt by harmoniously singing Two Lions on a Shirt (laughs) for what felt like the entirety of the training session and remainder of football camp. That is excellent. (laughs) There's nothing more depressing than that, quite frankly. I just Somebody being really proud of what they've just got and the the kids just sort of going, no, 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 that ain't happening now. I know. The little sods. That's not Professor Chris Brady, who Luke interviewed, who co-wrote Carlo Ancelotti's, uh, was it Quiet Leadership book? Because if it is, he should know Don't a read lot his better. Books. Yeah. Don't read his books. <laughs> the guy's a joke. The guy's a joke. I, I once made my own um, Ferdinand shirt, uh, number nine, oh, yeah. uh, with uh, like cut-up um, felt and um, fabric pens. It was horrific. Absolutely horrific. It was still better than the guy I used to play football with who uh, didn't seem to care about the difference between capital letters and uh, non-capital letters because uh, he was running around with the, with the name Fowier, Robbie, Robbie Fowier. Oh, dear. <laughs> <It was> very <laughs> <laughs> Don't put the dot on the eye, you idiot. Yeah. Oh, dearie uh, me. Yeah. Uh, you, you must still have that Ferdinand shirt somewhere back in the... Uh, you know what? I thought I would have, but I can't find it anywhere. To uh. be. I was thinking about it this morning, to be fair, when I saw that horrendous email. <laughs> that makes me sad. <laughs> well, there we are. Get your emails in to show at footballramble.com. Gentlemen, we move on to the big news that Louis van Gaal is back. Come on. Come, come on. bloody on. He's been named as the new manager of the Netherlands, and because of that, Andy Brassel has donned his uh, Euro 88 original uh, Netherlands shirt. Andy, you must be delighted. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's exciting. And when I say it's exciting, I mean um, there's uh, potential for headlines and amusement because... <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's exciting for us. The, the, the Netherlands have, have, have come out of a, a not great place, um, 
not that going out of the last 16 is the the worst possible result in a tournament but um Frank de Boer never really got his feet under the table um he was ripped by pundits in in the Netherlands throughout the tournament for not playing 4-3-3 I mean of course Big Louis could not play 4-3-3 and he would get away with it because he's such an incredible personality plus he took oh, his yes. team to the latter stages of a world cup playing oh, with yes. five slash three at the back De Boer was never going to pull it off. Mm. I mean, in in one way, it's the probably most logical possible result of what's happening at the moment, which is that there's not a huge lot of coaching talent in in the Netherlands. Mm. And that's been a concern for a very long time. They were lucky that Ronald Koeman um, fell in their lap, um, losing the Everton job at at the point that he did. But Big Louie's going to make his moments. I I just wonder how he's going to sell it to... Mrs. Van Hal, because apparently she was quite annoyed when he went back on a promise to retire before, wasn't she? Oh, that's right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. This this uh, third spell as Netherlands boss, it comes four days before his seventieth birthday. Let's be honest. The the man is so he, he's he's full of energy. He's full of beans. He's never going to retire, is he, Peter? Well, it's a bit like um, Janice and Chandler, isn't it? He's just going to keep on <laughs> becoming the Netherlands manager. But like, you look at like. You know, Ajax, like Bayern, Man United, like his quality of club Barcelona. And, and team has never really dropped, and Barcelona yeah. has never really dropped, does it? Really, like, like it, it, his his managerial record, he refuses to accept B grade mm. uh, clubs. He's got a B grade national team right now, you would say, but but they obviously got a lot of um, a lot of pedigree. But um, I, I like the fact that it, 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 I mean, it's a little bit. It, Andy, whatever I say, is a little bit of unfinished business because, you know, moving to Manchester United at the time that he did, that that job became open and he kind of had to take that opportunity. Yeah, maybe. I, I mean, the, the the first time around, um, it went really badly. Second time mm. around was a, a lot more successful. But I think when you when you look at the Dutch national team, it's not just about them entertaining us on the field. It's about them entertaining us off the field. <laughs> the, the the way Dutch football culture debates um, philosophical questions mm. never ceases to be entertaining. And why Van Hal is the ultimate match to that is because he has his very strong own opinions. They're different from other people's and he absolutely will not back down as well. <laughs> and, and that won't have changed just because he's not been working for the, for, for the last four or five years. Oh, I do love a good Dutch debate. Yeah. There was there was a lovely uh, moment last month where he managed Telstar. Did you see that? Where he uh, you could buy a lottery ticket and you could become Van Hal's uh, assistant for the for the match. And I think abusing yep. that poor assistant just mm. gave him that yeah. vim and oh, vigor, yeah. and he just wanted to get back yeah. into. Management. He's like, oh yeah, I remember how crazy this is. <laughs> this, this is what I've been lacking. Well, this because, is what I've been lacking. This is his first job since getting sacked by Man United in 2016. That seems crazy. Crazy that he's been out of the game for five years because he's ever present. <laughs> not, um, not in our, not on our watch. He isn't. No, he's very true. much part of our. I'm very chat. much looking forward to Ashley Young being naturalised as a Dutchman and uh, <laughs> playing left wing back for them at the 2022 World Cup. 
that would be great. That would be great. Uh, gentlemen, at Manchester United itself, the uh, the Paul Pogba transfer saga is, um, is sort of rumbling away. It's been quite quiet, obviously, with Jack Grealish and Harry Kane. We've uh, been sort of focused there. Maybe that's why. Maybe Danny Ings, there's been loads of chat about it, but because of Grealish and Kane, we've just been totally sidetracked. But the latest is that Manchester United and PSV, PSG's uh, valuations, definitely not PSV, PSG's valuations are miles apart. <laughs> I, d- I I just I always assume that even there's further a- apart for PSV. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I always assume that there's a transfer saga with Pogba, uh, Andy. But I was sort of slightly unaware that um, that this had a, a few legs in it. Yeah, well, uh, he's coming to the end of his contract. It's never a hundred percent clicked at uh, uh, Manchester United, mm. so it wouldn't be an, an enormously surprising. I mean, it's always quite interesting when you see the Paris ultras kick off about something like this which they have because their influence has obviously waned a little since uh, Paris Saint-Germain have become a a, a global concern. So I think it's something that would be a bit inconvenient and annoying for the club, but it's it's definitely not going to stop them making the deal if indeed there is a, a deal to be made. I mean, the thing is, the way he played during Euro 2020, I I don't know what you guys thought, but he was so good during that. Mm. It, it just makes it more frustrating all over again, even as a, a non-Manchester United fan, that you don't see that every single week. I want him to be in the environment, yeah. wherever it is, mm. where that works. Oh, yeah, de- yeah. definitely. And, and, I, and I think, like, it's interesting from Manchester United's side. Like, in what other like, walk of, like, business life would a floated company allow such a such a huge financial asset to, to, to go in a year's time for Bupkis. Absolutely sod all. Like, it, it's... Football is just insane, isn't it? Mm. Like this, this, this mm. guy could be worth forty-five, fifty million, and then in a year's time, worth fuck all. <laughs> like, how do they get away with doing this to their investors? It's insane. Yeah. Well, you want to have a go at uh, old Bosman, don't you? I do. Yeah, I do. Actually, he yeah. ruined everything. Yeah, he, didn't ruined he, everything. he ruined everything. He ruined everything. Leave him alone. I'm batting for the Dutch today. Uh, yeah. The, the, the PSG ultras. They're not ultras. The PSG people. Uh, apparently, they uh, were putting up banners outside the Parc de Prince saying, uh, Pogba, you should listen to your mother. She doesn't want you here. Neither do we. So apparently, uh, his parents are Marseille fans, and he said he previously that he wouldn't play for, for PSG. <laughs> so, uh, but back, back then, everyone supported Marseille because... Not me, mate. They were, they, 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 were the, they were the dominant team. They won the league five times in a row. They got to two European Cup finals in, Cheated. in three years. I mean, you know, for all we know, they're they're, they're casual Marseille fans. I guess the, the the way a lot of people would have been in those days. I I think this is absolute nonsense. Andy, this seems like something that you need to investigate. You need to go and sit down, interview um, Mr. and Mrs. Pogba, and then take your findings back to these PSG fans and go, no, 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 you've got it all wrong. They're casual <laughs> Marseille fans, okay? He's he well, would you, be. You know, he, you know he would what, die for the shirt well, if he played for us. Do you, do you remember when the Pogba brothers played against each other in the Europa League uh, when Florentin played Paul and it was um, Manchester United and Saint-Étienne in the Europa League a couple yeah. of years back? And um, their mum wore a... It's, it's something that Donny would definitely wear, actually. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a split stitched together. Rangers and Manchester Celtic United, <laughs> Half Manchester didn't... United, half Saint-Étienne. I mean, I don't know how you came to the decision when you crafted your own masterwork 
Pete. But I mean, mm. uh, to me, if I was one of them brothers, I would have taken a look at it and thought, hang on. She's got the half with the St. Etienne badge on. She must support them more. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, well, it is political, isn't it? I mean, in a million ways. Uh, you know, in the Glasgow show, I did the uh, Celtic Rangers top. I also did the Liverpool Everton top. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, I am, we, myself, Mrs. Pogba, mm-hmm. are just trying to bring everyone together. Yeah, we, and, well, you know, I was... People just don't want to come with us. You know, people just do not want to come with us. No, uh, and I was very keen for us to do a, a live show in uh, Pyongyang um, to yes. see what okay, you could yeah, have done yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I think that bringing people together is your forte, Peter, and, um, and I give you all the credit in the world for doing so. Uh, gentlemen, can we move on to Barcelona? Because... Um, Lionel Messi is expected to sign uh, a new Barcelona contract later this week. I, I sort of thought he'd already done it. I thought that that saga had kind of had, had gone, but this has been a, a saga that's been been rolling on for quite a long time. But was it inevitable, Andy, that he was going to just sign for Barcelona and, and that was the end of that? Well, no one else can afford him or no one else has the desire to plough that much money in mm. to... A 34-year-old who they'll have to build their team around, um, mm-hmm. even if he's the greatest player, arguably, to have to have ever played the game, as we've said before. I mean, that line that you just said about um, he's expected to sign his new Barcelona contract later this week, that could have been copied and pasted from any one of the last three weeks. <laughs> yeah, There's yeah. this assumption. I mean, it's an extraordinary situation, and we've said it before, but it is worth saying again, that the greatest player of all time has been out of contract for what I make it nearly five weeks now. Yep. And yeah. there's just been this assumption that he's not going anywhere. Now, clearly... And Barcelona... people are buying Danny Ings. Danny Ings! <laughs> yeah. So if, if, would it be a Disgu- bit... They shouldn't even be chairman. No. Would it or be... chair people. <laughs> they shouldn't be. Would it be similar to that situation with the chap from um, Newport County we spoke about? The, what's his name? Kevin... Kevin Ellison. Yeah. Would it have been similar if, if Messi scores in a pre-season game? Then would he would it go down as trialist then if he's out of contract? <laughs> Let's hope so. I mean that that would be pretty fantastic. I mean mm. it would be a miracle if he played at the weekend, seeing as he's still, I think, on holiday, on a boat, uh, sailing near Fizzer's mansion oh, at the moment. Tell you what, no, he's not. He's in, he's in a beater. <laughs> I'm only playing with you. He is. <laughs> but I, I mean, you know, he's, he's very much in holiday mode at the moment. But what Barcelona have to look at is not just getting him back in training and getting him fit. They need to look at the 31st of August deadline for registering players with La Liga and the deadline two days after that for registering players with the Champions League. Mm. I mean, you know, they can threaten legal action so they can find a loophole and all the rest of it. If they don't make those two, what sort of a team are they going to have? They're not going to be able to register any of the other players. You look at Memphis, a point that Dermot Corrigan made in the Athletic, which I thought was quite an interesting one. Memphis has not been assigned a squad number yet. He's been playing very well in the preseason games with the number 11 shirt in it. And if you're Moussa Dembele, you're like, I'm only injured. I haven't left. Crowbar in Memphis into the show. Crowbar in your beloved Memphis into the show, Andy. (laughs) <laughs> always, always. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is, um, I think, much more intriguing than the, the Lionel Messi stuff. Um, it, La Liga have just had an, an injection of £2.3 billion from a private equity firm called CVC. Oh, where's that come from? 
they just found that they've got some magic beans to sell. What? What's get that muck in my arm? Um, <laughs> is it, it? Aren't CVC like a? a, a, a they sell medicine in America. I'm <laughs> thinking of CVS. I, I, I wouldn't remember. like to speculate. <laughs> What's this all about, Andy? It's not great for a sporting body, is it? I mean, you, you have to think that eyes in France with their TV deal collapsing and maybe looking at this at the moment. I suspect they wouldn't be getting quite the same rate. But mm. you know, this is where we move. I think more definitively from sport to entertainment. Yes. I think it's quite concerning. Yeah. There's obviously uh, a little bit more detail that will kind of be finalised and sold and so forth. Uh, but it is it, is but it would be easy to sell to the clubs, I, I, I think, Marcus. Well, because... Barcelona are expected to receive £230 million, which will obviously allow them to register Messi again. We can keep him. Uh... <laughs> can we have an advance? I yes. know we haven't signed the contract yeah. yet. <laughs> Lionel, we've we've got enough cash to keep you for another six months. Well, is that good enough? We'll see how we go after that. Yeah, I, I mean, it is very, very, very interesting with with that sort of money coming to La Liga and so on and so forth. As I say, we'll have to wait and see with the, some of the finer details. At Real Madrid, though, they've yet to to make a big summer purchase. We know that they're partial to that, even if they don't need it or don't have the cash. They tend to just have a go anyway. Uh, but there was an incredible clip from El Chiringuito where they had um, they brought in a non-verbal communication specialist to explain whether a single screenshot, not even not even a footage, not even a clip, a single <laughs> screenshot of killing Mbappe in an interview with Neymar, uh, w- would it show if he was unhappy uh, at, at PSG? After three minutes, this woman concluded. Three minutes. Three whole minutes. She concluded, it is not clear. (laughs) (laughs) Get a magic eight ball in. Outlook cloudy. Enjoyable. Oh, dear. I want to see her just like looking at pictures from like football past. Yeah. uh, To see if she's not familiar with the actual, you know, Peter Beasley's willy popping out, Boss Gorsa's testicle. Are they happy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Are they happy where they are? Is that a happy little ginger willy? Who knows? (laughs) Ika Casillas lifting the World Cup trophy. Is he happy? <laughs> Is he happy? Having studied this picture happy? for a whole weekend, I think he was very happy in that moment. Yes, excellent. <laughs> We've got that. We've put the, put the kettle on that one. I love this. Peter Beagrey's erection. <laughs> Hang on, where was that? Wasn't Pete, didn't Peter Beagrey get, get an erection? Like, so, was it? Are you thinking I of think Steve Lomas? It was. I am thinking of Steve Lomas. Was that in front Sorry, of the West Ham fans? Apparently. It was he was just celebrating yeah. and his 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 jug was caught in a, a rather uncompromising pointy position. Please after he'd don't a goal. send in your favourite erections to uh-huh. show at <laughs> footballramble.com. Well, I don't think anyone was send going to. Send it to me, mate. Yeah, yeah. Pete at football. At I, Pete Donaldson. <laughs> Make my afternoon. Andy, I don't think anybody was going to uh, to do that until you said. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of trying to predict things and uh, actually, no, I don't think I'll go there. Well, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you very much for listening to the Football Ramble um, uh, today. It's been an absolute pleasure. On tomorrow's show, I'm back with Peter and Luke for uh, some Friday fun uh, tomorrow. We'll, we will be previewing the opening weekend of uh, the EFL and the Community Shield, actual proper football. None of this Champions League preliminary crap. <laughs> Uh, so uh, look forward to that one indeed until then thank you Andy Brassel thank you thank you Pete Donaldson ta-ta thank you ladies and gentlemen see you tomorrow The Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network 